Are you an author who feels stuck in the world building process? Unlock the secrets of effective world building with the tips from my world building series and wow your readers. In this episode, we will explore the ways mastering the art of world building will benefit your writing. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catherine McKee, and I'm glad you're here. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. The importance of world building cannot be overstated. Other than characterization, world building may be the straightest path to your reader's heart, and it's certainly the key to their imagination. So in this series, we're going to cover the following topics, and I will try to keep them to a manageable length so that it makes it easy for you to listen to them on the podcast or catch the parts on YouTube. So thank you for being here, and thank you for starting this with me. All right, this is an introduction to the World Building Series. There are five more episodes to come. Let's do a quick preview and some more about why it matters in a moment. Okay, the second part after today will be Nature's Realm, Set the Stage, where we'll talk about the physical environment of world building, climate and weather patterns, natural resources, their impact on your story. The second part will be society's rules, bend them, break them, about cultural norms and customs, things you have to think about like language and education system, political systems, and so forth. And then the Wheels of Progress will be the fourth episode, Shape Your World, where we talk about the impact of technology level, transportation methods, economic systems, and that the like. The next segment will be on past and present. Explore history's legacy, because that's where they have the context for your story. History is the context. Sometimes history can be forgotten, and your characters get to rediscover <laughs> the reasons they should have learned their history lessons. Anyway, here we go. The last one will be Magic, Myth, and Man, Wield Supernatural Power, where we discuss religion, spiritual beliefs, supernatural elements, and their impact on the world you are building. So those are the six segments. Today's topic is building believable worlds and why it matters. And I'm going to talk about eight reasons I think world building is super important to fiction authors and give a, an example of what I mean by each of those terms. And I think that this helps. But the reason I'm doing this today is because I think it's important to know why you're spending so much time and effort on world building. It's not something to get bogged down in, but it's certainly something you need to think about regardless of your genre. You need to think about what world you're setting your story in and what the details are going to be. Anyway, that's why it matters. And let's get to each of those. So the first one is credibility. And when you build a believable and well thought out world, your readers are more likely to become invested in your story and suspend their disbelief. So the world must seem credible. Number one, it must seem credible. Readers want to be immersed in a world that feels authentic. And if your world feels superficial or hastily constructed, they may find it more difficult to engage with your story. What you're trying to accomplish is something known as verisimilitude. And I put it down there below credibility. Verisimilitude, which is a literary term that refers to the degree to which a work of fiction appears to be true or realistic. Uh, you want to do that. So here's my example for this is Crown Duel by Sherwood Smith. She sets her story in the world of Ramona 
And it is a politically complex society with intricate customs and traditions. There's an oppressive king. He's a tyrannical king. And the aristocrats are dying off in uh, alarming numbers. And they feel that they have to kind of do things under his nose. And so that's part of it. But she really zeroes in on the social structure, the different customs and traditions of the inhabitants. And it creates this cohesive world where readers can immerse themselves. In particular, she pays attention to how her characters speak and the language they use, of course, goes with their class. So it's a great example of verisimilitude. You can believe this world might actually exist. All right. The next reason for world building is to stay consistent. So consistency is one of the reasons for paying attention to your world building. When you have a strong foundation, you're less likely to create plot holes and inconsistencies that pull the readers right out of your your story. And that's the last thing you want. We all tend to associate world building with like speculative fiction, but all fiction depends on factual consistency. For example, here in Patrick O'Brien's historical fiction story of Master and Commander in the series that follows, he follows these fictional characters, Captain Jack Aubrey and his ship's surgeon, who is Stephen Matterin, during the Napoleonic Wars. So he captures the world of the Royal Navy during that era, and he uses historical details to establish authenticity from the ships and the weapons to the naval strategy and tactics. This historical accuracy provides a rich backdrop for the characters and their adventures, and it makes the setting feel realistic because it kind of was. But he really gets his facts straight, and he explores the social and cultural norms of the era and the complex social hierarchies in the Royal Navy because there's a big difference between being an officer and being just a seaman and uh, the broader societal norms of the time. He, he covers those. And he uses the world building to create a sense of adventure and exploration. The series takes place during a time of global conflict and the characters travel to many different places and he gets all those places To my knowledge, he gets those places right. Consistency with the rules of that time period holds the series together. The next reason that we're working so hard on world building is creativity, because we want to enchant the reader. I don't care if it's a law office or a uh, Mount Doom. (laughs) Creativity that engages the reader. So you're building this world, you're portraying this world in a creative way and it builds a unique and and if you can build a unique and detailed world you have endless possibilities for storylines and character arcs your setting is a backdrop so it can become an active character in itself J.R.R. Tolkien and that's why I have this picture of a volcano kind of is because you know he uses his settings to kind of symbolize the characters that are on the page like the Shire is symbolic of the hobbits and their innocence and naivety and then as they travel from the Shire to Mordor and Mount Doom, you know, things get darker and darker. Actually, you could think of Mount Doom as as another character. It certainly symbolizes the twisted corruption of the evil presence, right? So it's a sharp contrast to the Shire and its brightness. So Tolkien's creativity birthed a world many long to visit 
again and again. I guess that's why everybody goes to New Zealand to see the <laughs> the, the movie sets. One of the most important re- reasons for spending time on world building is to achieve an immersive reading experience. Readers want to feel as if they are part of the world they're reading about. They want to be immersed in it. They want to escape from real life. They want to care deeply about the characters and their struggles. And the world is a big part of that. The Star Wars stories are renowned for the rich and complex uh, universe that was created for them. And it draws readers and viewers into the story. This experience is achieved through a variety of techniques. And so uh, he uses iconic imagery, unique technology, uh, diverse cultures. And and who doesn't think of the Death Star and the Millennium Falcon when they think of Star Wars? Readers and viewers buy into the world of lightsabers and the Force, a place where there's starships and droids and advanced weapons and alien creatures from many planets who ally themselves against the Galactic Empire. Writing Pursuits is run by Catherine McKee, who has been trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Catherine is a three-story method certified editor who specializes in story diagnostics, coaching, and line editing to help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to writingpursuits.com. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the podcast. The fifth reason is exploration. It allows you to explore themes and ideas that may not be easy to talk about in the real world. Your fictional universe can serve as a platform to examine and question real life world issues and explore complex concepts. You have the freedom to push the boundaries and delve deeper into topics that interest you and your readers through this exploration aspect of building worlds. Tolkien's creation of multiple races, each with their own unique culture and history, allowed him to explore ideas about racism and war and greed. A chilling example of using world building, of course, is Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale, in which she covers the difficult topics of gender politics and oppression. The novel set in the dystopian society of Gilead, which of course is a fictional place where modern women are oppressed and denied basic rights, such as the right to own property or to obtain an education. Extremism and autocracy are explored within the constraints of the Gilead society, which is a theocracy where a religious leaders wield, you know, an oppressive level of control over the population. So through world building, Atwood is able to explore these issues in a um, safe space and to help readers think critically about their own real life society. Similarly, The Blue Sword by Robin McKinley, she talks about colonialism and she does this through the eyes of Harry. She's from the homeland, right? But she gets involved with the Hill Folk and she learns about their culture. And that way, Robin McKinley can explore colonialism and its impact on indigenous populations. That's another way to talk about themes that are hard to talk about in real life. The next reason for world building is conflict. Conflict generation. World building is a conflict generation machine. This is demonstrated through really well 
by Orson Scott Card in his Ender's Game, where he has the humans and the Formics, and the Formics are an alien species that's very mysterious and seems to be a threat. He uh, also talks about this complex political and military structure that governs the human society, where they have a battle school for young children who are going to, you know, be trained as command- military commanders and become tools of war. And he explores the uh, ethical dilemmas of surrounding that kind of a society. Your world can become a treasure trove of ideas for conflict. Look for ways in which your world lends itself to conflicts for your characters. Okay, the next thing is symbolism. World building can also be used to create symbolism within the story. The words you use to describe and relate the world to the reader are critical for building an emotional response to the setting. An author can use a particular type of landscape or building or jewelry to symbolize a theme within the story. Tolly Hillerman's Skinwalkers is a novel that takes place in the Navajo nation and explores the culture and beliefs of the Navajo people. And then the desert landscape is a reflection and symbolizes the character's struggles with isolation, disorientation, lack of direction. Both Jim Chi and Joe Lee Porn are struggling with personal and professional challenges. And this landscape that they're working in symbolizes them to some degree. The Skinwalker itself, which is a Navajo concept of a, of a witch that can transform into an animal. It's a prominent theme in the novel and it demonstrates that anyone can have both good and evil inside them. Tony Hillerman uses that as a symbol throughout the book. And that's part of his world building is this Navajo belief in skinwalkers. And in the Hunger Games, it's more obvious the Mockingjay symbol, like on the cover here, becomes a symbol of the district's rebellion against the capital, which is a symbol itself, if you think about it, of consumer culture and inner you know, kind of like this relentless pursuit of entertainment where even reality TV uses the death of the poor in this epic battle as entertainment. So it's just both of those are examples of how you can have symbolism through the world that you're building. Dig for ways to use symbolism in your world building and it will create a richer experience for your readers. The last thing is expansion, and this is kind of in your self-interest. As a writer, you've spent a lot of time creating a world, building a world, and this allows you then to have the opportunity to expand your story beyond one book. So with a thoughtfully created universe, it's possible to create sequels, prequels, spinoffs. So each book could explore different aspects of the cultures, within and help the author build a dedicated fan base who want to come back to your world time and again. So keep your readers coming back. So we've talked about these eight concepts, credibility, consistency, creativity, immersion, exploration, conflict, symbolism, and expansion as reasons to build believable worlds. All right. In conclusion, so I want to keep it short today, building a detailed and believable world is essential for making your story seem authentic. And when you have a strong foundation for your setting, you're less likely to create plot holes or weird inconsistencies that will pull your reader out of your story. So what are some ways to create consistency in your world building? 
Well, we're going to go over those, of course, in the next five parts, but start by creating clear rules, um, establish guidelines for your world, such as the laws of magic and the customs of your fictional society. What are the cultural norms in your society? What kinds of music and art and literature do they have? Uh, think about how your world functions and the logical consequences of different actions and events within it. Then create a map especially important for fantasy and science fiction to help keep your facts straight. Also think about developing a high level historical timeline for your society's development. If it's a fictional world by creating a strong foundation and sticking to it, you can achieve consistency and create an immersive and engaging environment for your readers. Your readers don't need to know all the details all at once, but working on your universe and keeping good notes will help you during the writing process. And today we've covered ways world building is important to successful fiction writing. Be sure to watch all of the world building series on the YouTube videos and listen to the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. The question for this episode is what fictional book world have you wanted to visit and why? And that's all I have for this week. Until next time, keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors, my newsletter that comes out most Thursdays when health and life permit. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing.